I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Voice First Health. It is so great to have you along today for this episode. Today, I have a special guest, Joyce Even, who is the Vice Chair of Content Management and Delivery in Global Business Solutions for Mayo Clinic. And if you've been following along in this space, then you know that Mayo Clinic is a pioneer in voice technology when it comes to healthcare. And they are really paving the way for a lot of organizations to do some great things. Today, Joyce comes on and we talk all about how Mayo Clinic got started in voice why they think it is such an important technology, and we talk about some of the skills that they've produced and some of their early successes as well. I think you'll find this discussion very, very interesting. So without any further ado, I'd love to welcome Joyce Even onto the podcast. Well, hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for joining uh, the listeners here of Voice First Health. It's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me, Terry. I'm really excited to be here. Wonderful. Well, I think we should start off first by uh, introducing you. So perhaps you can tell uh, tell myself and the listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, and what you do. What's your story? Well, I'm a vice chair of content management and delivery here in Global Business Solutions for Mayo Clinic. Global Business Solutions really is uh, an area at Mayo Clinic that takes Mayo Clinic knowledge and content out to the world. And so I'm here today to talk about this exciting new channel of leveraging voice as we take our knowledge out to the world. Fantastic. And obviously, you know, anybody that's in the medical field knows that Mayo has an incredible reputation when it comes to uh, content. So uh, this seems like a natural uh, progression for Mayo. So let's talk about that. Why, first of all, when, when did Mayo first start dabbling in voice, if you will, and why did Mayo make the decision to do that? We actually started dabbling in voice back in 2017. Uh, For many years, Mayo Clinic has been delivering health information and through multiple channels. We started out with print back 100 years ago. And then as we progressed, you know, that became working with uh, the web as the web grew in existence and then also with mobile devices. As we continue to look at what the next new channel would be, that's where voice really popped up. So we felt it was just the next point in the evolution was to say, how would this work if we were delivering health information through voice technology versus um, the traditional ways that people access information today? So we really started back in 2017 saying, what? how do we have to construct our content differently when it is spoken versus when it's written? So that's a very good point. How do you construct your content differently when it is spoken versus when it is written? So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what, what do you do differently to make sure that it's going to be received well through a voice device? Well, as we began to investigate how we would do this, what we did recognize was that we would have to leverage some different tool sets in order to produce our content that would allow us to actually hear it being spoken back to us. And so our team of editors began to experiment with some of these tools. 
And the first thing we did was create the Mayo Clinic first aid skill for Alexa. And it was through the development of that skill that we practice how to develop some of this content to be spoken versus uh, thinking about the user reading it. We started with this small area of content because we felt it was something that we could better manage. It was about 50 topics that was more informational. It wasn't supposed to be an emergency service, but more informational. Um, also something that we felt was very conducive to a home situation. So if you had a minor mishap in your home, that you could just speak to Alexa and say, what should I do? I cut my hand. Uh, that was how we uh, began our journey with voice, was to learn how we might be able to deliver that content spoken and be able to help people in their home. That's great. And so that skill has, I'm sure, and I'm assuming, has um, yielded a lot of interesting information for you and for Mayo uh, as a result of testing it with with users like what 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 has come of that and how how things progressed from that yes uh, the the skill uh, still receives quite a bit of activity and so we've continued to expand upon that and not only leverage with alexa but that we made that available then with google as well and so it continues to grow and we keep learning from that on how to make the information better uh, understanding more how people are asking the questions, understanding that intent is really important as you're developing content for voice. But then we progressed. That was a, what we refer to as third-party skill where somebody actually has to download an app in order to leverage that content. We progressed and began to work also then with Amazon on first-party content meaning that you don't have to download a skill in order to ask Alexa a question. And so we've worked with Amazon to deliver over 8,000 health concepts that someone can simply ask Alexa, uh, tell me what the symptoms of an ulcer are, and that Alexa will respond without you having to say, uh, download that skill or say, open Mayo Clinic first aid. That's amazing because I think that that's a totally different level of interaction with these devices instead of having to to enable these skills as as you mentioned. And so when you're providing that content, because you obviously have massive databases of content through the Mayo Clinic, are you simply taking that content and now putting it into voice, or are you leveraging some of the information lessons learned from the skill, and are you changing in the way that content is actually delivered to the user through voice? We are leveraging what we've learned through the first aid skill in terms of the number of ways people might be asking the question and what they're really, what the intent of that question is. That's the most important piece because you can ask, uh, you know, what are the symptoms of an ulcer? Or you can say, I have abdominal pain. Um, could I have an ulcer? You could ask many different ways what you might that question and we keep learning from that what the intent of the question is in order to serve up the best answer. That's something that's very unique in voice is when someone's asking a question, you have one opportunity to deliver an answer. That's unlike when people search on a device where they may get many possible responses and they get to choose. 
in voice, you really have to have content prepared to answer that question and understand what question is being asked. So we continually keep learning that. Uh, I think that's both science and art to that uh, and understanding all the different intents that people may have. Sure, sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure that, you know, with your position now as being a first party resource with this uh, information, that's a very valuable place to be uh, in terms of highlighting your organization. What was that process like becoming the the first party uh, uh, resource for these health skills? Was that a difficult process? Was that something that Amazon was very um, delighted to have you be part of? How did that work? Yes, uh, we... We've had a good relationship with Amazon over the past years, and it, it really was the next progression from the first aid skill. So as they watch which skills seem to be doing well uh, from an Amazon perspective, they were looking to have a trusted partner delivering information for their users and trying to make that easier for the user. All of these voice devices and and their um, owners are really looking for other ways to engage people. And they know that there is a barrier if you force people to download apps, et cetera. And then to say, Alexa, open Mayo Clinic First Aid. I mean, that's a barrier to just being able to ask a question. So they were looking to work with someone that they could trust in this space. And that's really how the relationship began. And we continue to work with them. We also want to better understand how the users are leveraging the health information and where we might be able to take that from a patient perspective, not just from a consumer perspective. Great. And so that that actually brings up a really interesting question as well. Um, With the whole... um you know, the news that came out this year a little bit earlier about the uh, Alexa devices becoming HIPAA compliant, at least for a select number of people right now, but obviously it will be available as we go down the road here. What What are your thoughts on that from, from Mayo's perspective? How is that going to impact uh, the patients and patient care for, for well, both, both patients and also for the providers? Well, I think it really opens up some doors for us to think about how we might engage our patients differently than what we have in the past especially as we think about delivering patient education for when they first might be diagnosed with a disease to having an after procedural, uh, after a procedure to deliver an education about how they might take care of their wound or follow-up care after a surgery. We're really looking at all these different possibilities for where voice might play and be more effective than traditional patient education is with a patient. Yeah, I think it's a really, really exciting area, this whole idea of being able to use, essentially use these voice, these smart speakers as medical devices now with, the, with this, uh, this availability of this technology. So that's really exciting. The other, the other part that I find absolutely fasc- fascinating, and I know that um, Mayo is on the forefront of this, is the whole idea of vocal biomarkers. And I'm wondering if you can comment a little bit about that and some of the work you've done in that area um, and some of your thoughts on that. Yes, that is an area that's really exciting to Mayo Clinic. We're 
studying biomarkers with the voice so that you can just be speaking and perhaps pick up, it'd be a diagnostic tool, not the only diagnostic tool for certain conditions. But an area that we're really looking at is coronary artery disease and seeing if we could pick up simply from a person's voice whether they may have coronary artery disease. There, this could also be leveraged for other types of diseases like Parkinson's and um, other things as well, that simply through the voice that we'd pick up that there may be something going on. And then you could confirm that through other tests. But this would be a very easy way to administer a test to pick up some of these diseases. So Mayo's looking at this pretty heavily to see if we could do that. Um, we feel that through all the different ways that people may leverage their voice, that this could just be another technique that we could use. Um, we don't see voice as the only thing um, for diagnostic, nor do we see that for delivering health information. We really see it being additive in order to better meet our consumer and patient needs. And I think that's really important for people to think that don't think voice only, but think about how it could be additive to their experience. Because people do need a variety of methods in which they can absorb uh, information in which we can also look at an individual to think about what might be going on in terms of their health condition. So we really see all of this as just yet another modality, if you will, to how we might be able to treat a person. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. This is actually one of the areas that I, like I said, I find the most fascinating, the whole idea of vocal biomarkers. Um, you know, as a, as a physician myself, obviously, we use vital signs all the time to, you know, gauge the health of a person, blood pressure, temperature, respirate, all those sorts of things. And I actually wonder, and I believe that we're going to be moving towards a place where our voice is a vital sign. And it's the most non-invasive vital sign that you don't have to touch the person. You just listen to the person and you can pick out health parameters. So this is an area that I, I, I'm fascinated by this. So uh, I, I'm really excited that Mayo's doing some work in this area. Um are you able to comment a little bit about sort of future directions of this uh, or, or, or other aspects of your voice technology that you're working on in terms of what, what does Mayo want to do next? Well, I think we'll continue to investigate the biomarkers for multiple conditions going beyond uh, coronary artery disease. That'll continue, you know, for a number of years to be studying that. We will also be pursuing post-procedural patient uh, education with patients. Uh, we have been developing interactive care plans for after a person is dismissed from the hospital, and we'll be piloting some activities in that arena as well to say, instead of needing to open up an app again on your mobile phone and then report back whether you might have taken your weight that day or taken your blood pressure, that uh, an individual might just speak to the device to say whether they have done the tasks for that day for their care plan. These are all areas that we're pursuing to say, how might this fit and then interact with the care team. And that really is where being HIPAA compliant comes into play. 
because we do want that interactivity with the care teams that, so that if a person um, is not following the care plan, that their care team is aware of that and can interact quickly to avoid any uh, you know, future issues for that patient. Right. So, you know, with, with voice, I don't know if you feel this way, and I'd be curious to get your, your take on this, but, you know, we've seen some tremendous um, technologies come over the years, whether it be from, the, you know, the, from shifting from the desktop to the mobile phone, um, and now we're seeing this pattern, obviously, going from um, mobile, sorry, from mobile, from tapping and swiping or from typing on a keyboard to voice. What is your sense and what is the sense of Mayo now about the whole voice ecosystem, if you will, is it, is it, do you feel like this is a big transformation? Is this just a sort of a natural progression in the technology? And is this going to have a major impact on, on people's health or is it more of a smaller progression? Like I say, and we're just going to see a natural gradual evolution in the way things are done. Well, we do see it as a disruptive force. Um, changing the way we are connecting with an individual as well as with communities. And we do feel that the adoption is going is certainly going to be very rapid. It's not like you have to train someone to speak, like we for years had to train people on keyboards and how to interact with the computer. So I really think that we're... Um, we're going to see this grow quite rapidly and the adoption will be driven probably more by the consumer than the actual healthcare professional. Just because I think the consumer and that patient is going to expect the ability to use their voice in different settings and be asking for that. So I think it'll be pushing the healthcare system. We're learning that uh, more than 50% of U.S. households already have speaker devices within their homes, and they're leveraging their devices for far more activities than originally projected. So again, I think they'll be driving and having an expectation of their providers to be interacting in this form of technology, just like they do for a mobile phone. Yeah, fantastic. No, I, I agree 100% with that. Well, um, I know that um, listeners will want to learn more about Mayo and what you are doing as an organization. What would be the best ways for listeners to to learn exactly what Mayo is doing in this area? Um, well, I'd in, encourage people that they could go to our website to learn more about Mayo Clinic. Uh, they can go to... Um, Global Business Solutions at Mayo Clinic. Just search on that and they can come to our website to hear more about what we're doing. We're also participating in multiple voice forums at the Voice Summit coming up in Newark, New Jersey. That'll be July 22nd through the 26th. So please join us there. We'll also be at the Voice and Healthcare uh, Summit in Boston, August 5th and 6th. So we'd love to talk to anyone that would be interested. Wonderful. Yes. And I had the opportunity to interact with uh, some uh, other members of your organization. And uh, all I can say is you've got a great group of people there, very innovative. And uh, it's really exciting to see what Mayo is is doing here. So Joyce, thank you so much for spending uh, some of your time uh, with myself and with the listeners. I really, really appreciate it. It's fascinating to hear um, what Mayo is doing and how you certainly are a leader in this area. 
So again, a big, big thank you to you for, for your time. Well, thank you very much. Well, there you go. Mayo is doing some incredible things. And like I said at the beginning, if you are in any type of healthcare field and you are at all interested in voice technology, and I have to assume you are because you're listening to this podcast, then I highly encourage you to check out what Mayo is doing. Check out their first aid skill. Uh, check out the way that uh, Alexa can respond to your medical related questions with the first party skill. It's very, very fascinating. All the things that Mayo is doing. I will have links to things that Joyce mentioned here on the podcast episode on the show notes page, which you can always find at voicefirsthealth.com. And as well, Joyce mentioned that they are participating in a couple of events coming up at Voice Summit and the Voice of Healthcare Summit as well. And I also want to make you, the listeners, aware of a very special event that is occurring right after the Voice of Healthcare Summit. So the Voice of Healthcare Summit runs on Monday, August 5th, full day, and then Tuesday, August 6th in the morning. Directly after lunch, there is a brand new event that myself and some of my colleagues uh, from the Intelligent Health Association, Harry Pappas, from Macadamian, uh, David Box, and of course with the uh, support of Bradley Metrock and the new VoiceFirst.community, community, uh, we are putting on the very first Voice for Healthcare 101 How to Get Started Bootcamp. This is going to be a session from 1.30 to 4.30. It is an optional add-on session to the Voice of Healthcare Summit. You can register it on the same page at the vohsummit.com website. You just scroll down to the bottom of the agenda and you will find it there. So if you are wondering, how do I get started in voice technology and leverage this technology for my healthcare organization, whatever that may be, this uh, session will be extremely valuable to you. So I encourage you to, of course, attend the Voice of Healthcare Summit and then look at registering for this optional event directly after it. Again, I'll have all the links on the show notes page at voicefirsthealth.com slash 39. One final time, a big, big thank you to Joyce, even and the Mayo team for making the time to come on the podcast. And uh, it was a real pleasure to have you on board. I look forward to seeing you, the Mayo team, at these upcoming events. And I look forward to seeing you, the listeners, at the upcoming events as well. Talk to you soon.